I do find it very weird we were talking before this that we don't actually know an awful lot about each other. Yeah. Um, like for those of you at home who don't know, Scott likes motorbikes. He has one sibling. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and Liam has two siblings and also like motorbikes. Although I don't think he would be the one who would ride it though. No. No. Oh, absolutely not. I'll go on the back of one, but um, if you caught me on any form of bike, which I had a phobia for a long time, mm. had a deadly bike phobia, non non motor. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I learned. I was um, fourteen when I learned how to ride a bike, because yeah, really, yeah, I had to push myself to learn because from the ages like of normal bike riding, okay. riding ages, I was a scooter kid. And do you ride a bike now? And no, no, I don't. Pointless. Pointless. Yeah. When this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. They don't drink milkshakes, I assure you. I have two guns, one for each of you. Like the power of Grayskull. Well, there's nothing like experimenting. So today we are going to be talking about the highly anticipated new film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. The future of our world is at stake. You have a mission. How do I look? Fresh. On March 8th. Hey! Is this normal? Pretty much. Go higher. Go further. Go faster. Not to show these boys how we do it. <laughs> Captain Marvel. You know you're glowing, right? This film contains scenes that may be too intense for younger viewers. Captain Marvel is the 21st film in the MCU, and following a lengthy discussion of the MCU last week, me and Scott are going to see where we find it fits in and if it's worth your time. Captain Marvel follows the story of Carol Danvers, aka Vers, aka Captain Marvel, as she finds herself caught in a war between the Kree and the Skrulls. She finds herself on Earth in the 1990s, where she meets 1990s Samuel L. Jackson, except he's not in Pulp Fiction. And a whole host of things happen. It's all kind of complicated and quite stupid, I'm not gonna lie. And I don't really feel as hot in this film, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think this is a perfectly good film, and that you should probably go see it, but before I go into it, why, I just want to let everyone know we're gonna do non-spoilers, and we'll do spoilers after, but we'll have it time-coded in our description. We'll just go, spoil. Yeah. That, that's all we'll do. Yes, but not yet. <laughs> so tell uh, me, what do you think about this film? Okay, so first thing, plot-wise, this movie, it opens, its first act is the most Thor thing I've seen in a long time. This movie <laughs> is like, so much Thor, no, in a good way. In a good like way. we're not like you're not talking like Thor Ragnarok. You're talking no, like no, Thor, Thor. Yeah, Thor yeah. One. yeah. So if you haven't seen Thor one, it opens with him on Asgard, mm. and then this movie, Captain Marvel, is in space before going to Earth and getting a love interest. Okay, well, um, Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson aren't in love. <laughs> they French. should be. Yeah, platonic love. Platonic love. Yeah, I mean, like I'm the first act of this film where. In fact, I can say this without a doubt that a lot of the stuff in space to do with like the Star Force, Jude Law's character, Yon Rog, Rog. stupid name, and like all the kind of like spacey stuff, especially in the first act, is just so boring. Oh, I disagree. No, I, I, full on, it's just, 
I'm far more invested in the stuff that happens later in the film than the stuff at the start. I feel like it's very, yeah. it's not as, it's not as well, well explained or well thought out as other parts of the film. I thought that it was a little bit confusing, but mm. I don't think I was bored. What I was more so was confused. Mm. So I feel like if you're a sort of neutral and not like um, invested in the Captain Marvel comics, you'll be like, about like, oh, this isn't really explained well. Yeah. But I thought like it was, I thought the opening. 20 minutes or so was good fun I think that's what I can really say about this entire film is that it's paced well and you can go and see it and like I don't think you'll ever be truly bored I think that was just me in my case because I was just sitting there being like where the hell is this going can we please get to earth but I think for the whole time it's very well executed in just how decent paced it is yeah. is that it's constant see the problem with um, Marvel worlds that aren't on earth like take Asgard, Wakanda, and even uh, Hala in this movie. Am I pronouncing that right? Hala. Valhalla. Yeah. Oh, Valhalla. Oh, Hala. Oh, Hala. Yes. Cool. Um, they don't. They seem very similar. All yeah. three. Like the, on, the only time they found a way to make like a completely new and like not similar world is when they bring it somewhere like Sakaar. Yeah. Yeah. Was Sakaar Ragnarok? Sakaar was Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, they just sort of seem to intertwine. Like, yes, you have really good visuals, but mm. you never get a sense of what, like, the civilians are like in these planets. Yeah. They're just all extras. But that's just a Marvel problem in general. Like, Yeah. Uh, it's just... You don't care. That's literally the main thing for me, is that at the start, even if it's fun, if you enjoy it, you really don't care as much about the kind of interplanetary space stuff. You're just... It's all being kind of just thrown at you. And you just kind of need to accept it and keep going. And after yeah. a while, you're just like, this is too much information. Yeah. And then, well, what did you like about the Earth sequences? The Earth sequences, I think, are actually where the film shines the most. Yeah. Especially with the chemistry between Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson with Fury and Danvers. That is when, for me, the film starts to come to life and really starts to get the ball rolling. Surprisingly as well, I actually did quite enjoy the action sequences too. Oh, the action was really good in this movie. Although... Oh. I really enjoyed the action sequences, but I think they took a page from Bohemian Rhapsody in their editing because, oh my god, they, of some of them are edited to hell. Yeah. yeah. Especially a lot of the, the hand-to-hand fight scenes. Well, what I liked about the, um, the action in it is, was a big fear of mine that Captain Marvel was going to be like this god who couldn't be beaten. Yeah. Like, in, its, in a way, because before the movie was being hyped up that she's the most powerful person in the MCU. Which yeah. when you see like Thor and um, some of the other heroes, you're kind of worried because they're already so powerful mm. that even a little bit might be a little like too Th- much. Thor is kind of overpowered now at this yeah. stage. So. Yeah, but I felt like um, she, Captain Marvel was a mix of like Thor and Iron Man's powers, more so than being the most powerful. Yeah, like I feel like at like she's not like Superman wherein she has like this one weakness she feels like she has limits yeah and like she feels like there's, there's only things only certain things she can actually do yeah and I like as well like as much as I'm not a bit like we've talked about this before but Jude Law is in this film and he's not that great I think he's I personally think he's fine but Liam, was awful. Liam thinks he's awful yeah but I actually really do like their, the relationship that they, those two have the kind of like mentor mentee oh uh, I didn't I, I, I really, didn't I felt like Jude Law was mansplaining the whole movie I never really I mean I, yeah I can agree with you I, I, think I think I can agree with you on that and I feel like that was intentional but yeah. I do like that kind of mentor mentee relationship and I think the whole film as well is purely Carol trying to come into her own yeah which 
Can we just start diving into spoilers? I think because there, like, there's not really much more I can say about this film without spoiling it. Yeah. So basically, if you haven't seen it by now, go go check it out. Go check it um, out. You will still enjoy yourself. I think it's a fun time. It's, it's definitely a fun time. It's got funny moments. It's got good action, yeah. especially towards the end of the film. Because oh, well, we'll get to, but we'll get to yeah. that. And so for people who are about to delve out and come back in in like twenty minutes yeah. when we start talking so, about other spoiler things. Spoiler alert. Oh, the we'll um, go part by part. We'll go. Okay, we'll dissect. I'm just gonna get out the big thing, and that is, while I think Brie Larson is very good in this film, uh-huh. and I think she is probably is probably one of the best things about the film, Captain Marvel is not a great character. Oh, why? I because there the entire film is spent for her trying to find out who she is. The amnesia thing is both a good thing for plot and it's a complete hindrance because you never get a sense of who her character really is um yeah but I felt like it sort of worked like take two weeks ago when we had Alita another Amnesia sort of story mm-hmm. but like um Captain or Caro didn't let it sort of define her character like the Amnesia she was still sort of mm. being funny she was still smart she was still like kicking butt like personality wise you sort of could tell that she was naive and sort of like not experienced enough yet. I don't know what it was for me, but for what I felt, and I don't think this was because of the performance. I think this is purely the writing. Yeah. Whenever I see the Mar- the different Marvel actors or characters on screen, and I know of course, a couple of the, most of them do end up taking one or two films to actually get into their performances, like Ben the Cumberbatch, Liz Olsen, Chris Hemsworth especially. Yeah. Like as, as good as he was in Thor, he wasn't at his best until Thor, Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok. And for me, I think it's a fact of she doesn't have she didn't have that kind of charisma or that kind of presence that the really? other heroes had. I thought she got off to a much better start than really. Yeah, I thought she got off to a really good start because like when the trailers came out, I thought um, Lars's line delivery seemed really flat. Yeah, but I didn't really feel that when I was watching the movie. I don't know. I think it's purely a nitpick on my part in the fact that I feel I just felt like she didn't have that kind of magic you get when you see the other Marvel characters. Although I put that down myself, down to the fact that I was never really that familiar with Captain Marvel. Yeah. So seeing her on screen was like, it wasn't a case of, oh, that's my favorite superhero on screen. I was like, oh, that's a superhero on screen. Oh, I didn't get that. Really? No, I felt really connected to the character, mm. like much more in a way, like, then, because I've had the similar thing that you had when I saw, like, Doctor Strange or Ant Man mm. in the cinema. But I felt Captain Marvel is sort of. Um, well, the character, I thought it was, like, a really strong, hmm. like, um, like not just power-wise, but personality. I thought Larson did an exceptional job. Fair. It's funny, because even with those films, like, Ant- Ant-Man, as much as that film is not as good as it should be, yeah. um, I think Paul Rudd is absolutely good. fantastic yeah. and is a pure, like, as, mu- as much as he is also just playing Paul Rudd, yeah. you still get the feeling that this is the superhero from the comics you might read. Yeah. Same with even Ben the Cumberbatch, as much as he is... Just I, I would not agree. With I wouldn't. Him I wouldn't. No, I was thinking, I wouldn't say he had that in, in his own film, but I think he had that in Infinity War. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Although in fairness, Infinity War just makes everyone better. Yeah. Like purely on this account, that it is that Avengers film. Yeah. Like I couldn't say the same for Ultron, but anyway. Can you see um, Larson becoming the new Downey Jr.? Honest to God, yeah. Yeah. I think. I think it's it'd be a mix between either her. Uh, Chadwick Boseman or Tom Holland that would become the new Downey Jr. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the only thing missing from the character is that the emotional beats don't really land. Mm. The friendship with her and... What's the character called? Uh, I'm actually going to get what's, it up there now. Yeah, I think I have. 
Maria Rambeau. Maria, Maria Rambeau. I think, yeah. honestly though, I feel like she's actually one of the best characters in the film. And she's, I think she's actually played very, very well by Lashana Lynch. But I do agree that the emotional beats don't really land. They like, don't feel like friends. Mm, yeah. Which, I don't, I, again, I put down more in the script than the actual performances, because they do seem to have chemistry. Like, yeah. But it's nothing compared to the chemistry between Danvers Jackson. and Jackson. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that Larson. I, I feel like at some stage I'm going to end up saying Brie Danvers There's so and many names Carol Larson. Uh, but let's talk about the two of them like their, and their whole like, relationship. Yeah, um, Jackson comes in looking pretty fresh. The visual effects for him, and in general for like the visual effects in the entire film, are stellar. Like Oh, big time. He is probably the best visual effect though because you truly believe you've literally just seen Samuel L. Jackson from the 1990s. Well, the same year that this movie set in, he was in um, Die Hard Wolf of Vengeance. He was, yeah. yeah. And he looks like he actually looks younger. younger I think he, I think he looks like the same age he was when ninety two in Jungle Fever. Yeah, yeah. He looks super young. But Samuel Jackson has only started to age recently, though. Yeah, like, I think I think it's ever since he started just being bald in films, like re- recently. Yeah, well, Mace Windu. No, I'm but I mean, like in like the recent past, like ten years or so. Yeah, like I feel like he's really starting to show his age. But like even still, he still looks like fairly good for a man of his age. And this is like the Fury that he's playing now. It's the most like fun Fury's ever been. Mm-hmm. Fury's never been in the exactly fun character. Like Fury is a good character, yeah. and but anytime he is funny, it's very much like deadpan, like serious mm-hmm. humor, and it it's all it's always worked. Yeah. But this is like the first time he seems like he's actually like having fun and enjoying himself and like throwing himself completely into just this kind of more naive more fun who even the start of the film he was about to like hang up like his his badge, sh- his badge and his shield because yeah. he was like man I'm not seeing any action no aliens no fucking Avengers I might as well just head off yeah and then all of a sudden Captain Marvel happens true yeah mm-hmm. Marvel Captain God this is a hard movie this Marvel is, Captain this, yeah there's so many words in this one um the opening exchanges between um, Captain Marvel and like Nick Fury when she's sort of like, "Oh, you don't know about aliens." Mm. I thought that was so funny. That was hilarious. I think any any of his kind of like the fuck yeah. kind of experience yeah, was yeah, very yeah, funny. Uh, I also didn't know he was seventy. Who? Samuel no, Jackson. Oh yeah. Like I knew he was. I knew he was. I thought he was in his sixties, but he's actually seventy years old. Like, and he's to be honest I think he's sort of still entering his peak career oh I think this is like I think he kind of like even when he was in Star actually you know what ever since the 90s he's never had a time where he hasn't been famous oh no because no, like even even because even like during Star Wars time he was still he was so famous and then yeah. Star Wars ended in 06 and it was immediately Marvel away mm. I really can't wait for him to get another Oscar nomination for something soon has he ever won? Uh, he's never won, but he's only nominated once for Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. And me personally, I would have nominated him for The Hateful Eight. And Django. Uh, no, just The Hateful Eight. I would have put him in Django more so. I feel like The Hateful Eight is one of his best performances in recent years. Purely because he did, he hasn't really had a chance to show his stuff. And that scene yeah. where he's just being the detective is yeah, okay. the best scene in the film. But back to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, the train sequence is one of my favourite mm. sequences in a long time. It's very good. And, oh, we forgot to, something I actually we should have said right at the start, mm-hmm. just to take things back. Um, the Stan Lee uh, oh, yeah. dedication mm. at the start, that was phenomenal. That was really lovely, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, did shed, I nearly shed a tear, because yeah. it was really, really sweet. 
But nothing compares though for me to the Stanley cameo, which is probably like top three. We talked last week how he doesn't actually have that many great ones. And now we're like, and then this week happens, and we're like, this is genuinely one of his best, if not the best cameos I've ever seen. Because we were talking about mall rats last week here. We literally were talking about mall rats last week. We don't. We 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 spoil it now. Well, we don't want to talk. We're spoilers. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We were literally talking about Mallrats last week, and then all of a sudden, Stanley cameo. He's reading his lines from Mallrats, which to me basically tells us so. Stanley actually exists in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, unless he's just an actor as well. Oh no, actually, no, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's so a... you're gonna have to edit this out. And oh, just needs... go ahead, go ahead. God. <coughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe back, maybe back. he's an actor. Maybe he's an actor. Y- yeah. Um. There's so much of things that Stanley is in. But how many do you think he's going to be in Infinity War? I think he will be in Infinity War, yes. I think that but, might be uh, his last one. Yeah, I'd say that'll probably be his last one, so... What is he trying to do? No, please stop. Uh, I'd say he will probably be in Infinity War, but I definitely think it will be his last one. Yeah. Because, hell, maybe he might be in Forever From Home. Oh, I maybe, think, actually. actually if I, I know, it would be a sort of fitting farewell for him to be in Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I would like... Well, in fairness, I really, really, really love his cameo in Spider-Verse. Oh, that one's yeah, really, a really sweet good. one. Um, but anyway, let's get back to Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Um, we haven't even spoken about Ben Mendelsohn. Mendo. Mendo, man. My favourite actor. I love Ben Mendelsohn. In this, he's Talos. 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 There you go. Um, he's the leader of the scrolls, and for the first half, he's playing classic uh, Mendo bad guy. Yeah, like it's it's funny as much as uh, he just seems to have a hard on for playing villains who are all smarmy fuckers. Yeah. Like, and then all of us, like all of a sudden, there's just a shift, and once they let him start using his Australian accent, like, which I'm not gonna lie, he sounds so much better with the Australian accent than with like the kind of faux American accent. Nah, man, Robin Hood. That's big Mendo. It's <laughs> big, big Mendo accent for me. Uh, Anyone who threatens to bore someone in their own piss, I'm on board with. Oh, uh, but like, um, yeah. But once he goes, so big spoiler. But we're in spoilers, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, when we we realize that huh, the scrolls aren't so bad. Turns out the scrolls are actually fugitives on the run. And that the Kree are kind of the bad guys of this film. Jude Law is the bad guy of this film. We all were expecting Jude Law to be a bad guy. We all knew it was coming. But I'm, we all thought he was a scroll. I actually, me personally, I thought he was going to be playing the original Captain Marvel. And I thought he was going to be the guy that gave Captain Marvel Brie Larson her yeah. powers. But it turns out it actually was Annette Benning's character. Who, she actually plays two characters in this film. She yes. plays the supreme intelligence of the Kree and kind of, and of Star Force, and then also plays the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, in a gender bent kind of way, mm. which for me I actually really like, and I think that's probably I like when they do different things in the comics, and I really like this kind of inversion. Yeah, no, I wasn't too. I don't really know anything, so I didn't really notice mm. until you told me this that, oh, it, yeah. was, that it was different. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was nice. I thought. Um, for I was just happy. I'm happy. Um, Yon Rog didn't give her Captain Marvel her powers. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I just really didn't like Jude Law in this movie. <laughs> it's so weird because I love Jude Law. Same. He's like he's one. He's a really fucking good actor. He was just King Orm, but not fun. 
Yeah, like I think he. We were talking about this before. I think he's kind of like Patrick Wilson from Aquaman, definitely. Yeah, but just not the tease. It's like he's trying to be really serious, and it's just not working for me. How does he go from being the best part of Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald as Dumbledore to one of the weaker elements of this film? Being one of the best things about Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald is not saying much, though. But he does give. Yeah, no, he is good on him. He he is is genuinely stellar. Sexy Dumbledore. Sexy Dumbledore and also Sexy McGonagall. We won't talk about that though. I feel like we keep getting off track with this, with this, but also I feel like that kind of speaks to the film as a whole. There's that. Some, you're going. It's hard to talk about the things you like in this film because there's not that many. Like obviously the accents really good, the performances are really good, mm. and the scores really fun. Mm. But. You walk out of this movie, even though it is a good movie, you walk out of it with a sour taste in your mouth through decisions. Yeah, like I think it's not even there is there is certain things I really hate about this film, which is the fan service. Yeah, the fan service the fan service of this film is some of the worst fan service I've ever seen in a film. Period. Yeah, and like I'm just and it's the first time the MCU's ever done this. The first time the MCU has ever done this, and I really hope it's the last. Yeah. Like. I understand. I kind of understand why they decided to do this. I also think it was a fucking terrible decision well, to do it. Let's get into them. So we find out how Nick Fury lost his eye, in that he he didn't lose it in a moment of saving someone's life. He didn't lose it while getting tortured. No, he got scratched by a cat. Oh, Jesus Christ! Like it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny at all. Like the cat was, and uh, I, I knew it was coming. I knew it. Like that, that moment in the trailer where you see him just leaning yeah. down to pet the cat, you're like, oh, if that fucking cat ends up taking his eye out, I was I getting nervous God. whenever the cat was on screen. Goose. <laughs> and then it's a flagger. A flagger. Yeah. Let's, see, let's even talk about Goose the Cat and how that's also a fucking shitty fan service thing. Because... Uh, I was okay with it. Well, no. Up until the eye was okay. Goose the Cat is both the worst and best character in this film purely because it's cute as hell and then it does that. Yeah. And then it also chucks up the tesseract. And they use it for they use the the eye scratch as a gag, not so much as like he says, Mother Fluber or Mother Fledger. Yeah, he. Like, Fle- What's it called? A f- if you can find it for me, I actually don't know. I think it's, it's Mother Flubber or Mother Fluber, but it's like yeah. basically they use it as a gag when it really shouldn't have been. And then it's like, and you're like, oh, just a scratch. I thought, I'm like, okay, it's not the eye's not gone, right? No, it's gone. No, it's gone. It's and gone. It, it really ruins one of the best lines from Winter Soldier, which was, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. So the last time he trusted a cat... He hasn't... Yeah, but even after... He didn't seem annoyed about it. No, he kind, of just, he kind of just went, right, I don't have an eye anymore. That's fine. Which well, is, in character, if it was, like, a betrayal, mm. he didn't get betrayed by a cat. Also, doesn't he... He still has the eye in Winter Soldier. It's just kind of milky as hell, like, and it looks like it has been damaged, and he's blind in it. Yeah, mm. but yeah, no, but he doesn't replace the eye though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's so he must just keep it in and wear the patch. Mm. I yeah, uh, I'm still like, oh, uh, this is like so many eyes go missing in this universe. It's like it's like the Star Wars thing where there's like arms. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, but it's sort of after a whole movie where you're like, oh, this feels so in character with Fury. He's sort of being. He's not a hundred percent sore. He's not trusting in Captain Marvel. He's but he's still funny and he's like kicking he, ass in the. He feels scenes. exactly how young Nick Fury should. Yeah. And then this happens. Yeah. Then he loses his eye because of a cat. Yeah. A f- cat. 
And then at the end of the film, Carol Danvers departs to help the Skrulls find a new homeworld. And that is basically the reasoning for how she's going to show up in Avengers in that. Where was she for 20 years, man? For 20 years, helping the Skrulls, clearly. Although... She must have done a pretty good she job. She must, must have done a fucking good job. Although, like, she's... I think he gives... Fury, she gives Fury the pager to contact him. Yeah, was I wasn't expecting. I thought it would be the other way about. Same here, but also I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah. Because then how the hell would um, Fury have that symbol on it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. But what I do... What I actually really enjoyed was... See, just... I really, really, really enjoyed the end credit scene. With... Ah, uh, yeah. With the one that leads directly in, into Endgame in that... Now, this is big spoilers as well for anyone listening, but... Basically, the, the Avengers end up finding the, the pager after everything has gone to shit and everyone's dead. And they turn on, they, it turns off and they're like, oh God. They turn around, where's Fury? It's great. And the line delivery by Larson is, mm. where's Fury? I'm like, yes. And I was like, where's Fury? Yeah. And I'm just like, that, I feel like for me, that's the Captain Marvel I wanted to see. I'm also kind of like, I didn't really need to see that. Really? Like as good as the scene is, I think it's a very Why? good way. No, as good as the scene is, and it's a very good way of leading in it. I kind of would have been okay if it decides not sleep, not shoot, show that until in event until Endgame. It would have been good maybe if they turn around and you don't see a search, just so it's still hundred percent sore. Yeah. But it's sort of it's the first time with Endgame that we've sort of been able to be like, oh, this might must be what happens here. Mm. Like, now we sort of know, well, this is all speculation, but it seems like their first attempt to try and save everyone with Captain Marvel won't work. Yeah, that's which, honest to God, kind of want that to happen. Yeah. Like, because as, as good as she's been in this film, I feel like Marvel are also kind of banking on the fact that she's, in, like, kind of in the same effect that Black Pan- with Black Panther, I don't think they're going to give them as much screen time as they think. Who? I feel like, like Captain Marvel, I feel like, will have a good bit of screen time, but she won't have that much. She'll leave for 20 years again. Oh, stop. If she fucking does that again, I'll actually I'll get annoyed. But I feel like it's the same kind of thing as Black Panther. I feel like she'll have more time, but like still not as much. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to know your opinion on was the well, the ending battle where she just uh, takes out Yonrog. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay, good. I actually do quite <laughs> okay, like it. Okay, good, because I like it too. Um, yeah, I thought it was great that Jan Rock was just, like trying to get her to try, trying to just talk her down and be like, we can be friends. We can be friends. No, we fucking can't. Yeah. Oh, and Ronan the Accuser. Ronan the Accuser is isn't. I was actually Ronan the Accuser and fucking Korath. Yeah. Is in this film, and they're actually both quite good. I think, okay. Ro- I think Ronan is like he's far different from how he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Korath's good, but what does Ronan do? Ronan just fires a few missiles. Yeah. Not leaves and leaves. And he beat and that's just good. That's 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 good. I was like, how? It's just it's it's Lee Pace. I'll take anything uh, Lee Pace, but that's purely because I love Lee Pace. Nah, man, I like him in Guardians, but this was he does nothing. He just sort of he goes, oh shit. I mean, turned around and we we didn't even discuss Coulson as well. Like, what a wig. Oh, what a fucking wig. I feel like he is kind of wasting this film because I thought he would be in it for longer. Yeah, but that was all right. We got like we got the perfect mount. He turns out to be a scroll, and the real Coulson is like somewhere. Skullson ever great. Skullson, yeah. No, was <laughs> was Coulson ever great? Was Coulson ever great? Coulson was always great. How was dare he? You? He was great in the first three movies. He was good. He was good. I really, I enjoy him in Ar- you- in Iron Man and the Avengers. Yeah, but like, 
Did you did you care when he died? Uh, yeah. Oh, if I was supposed to be me, I'm just a heartless Aww. bastard. You heartless fucking prick. How dare you not like Clark Wright? No, I don't not like he's fine. I just don't think like, ah, oh, Coulson's in this. I'm like, yeah, Fury's in this. But Coulson, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, fair. And um, the first Avenger is not Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Even though he is the first Avenger, he's not the no, first not. Avenger, which, in fairness... Captain America the First Avenger was nine years ago nearly. Or sorry, eight years ago. When was that? 20... 2011. Was it 2011? It was 2011. 2011. Same year as Thor. Mad. I think. No, actually, it wasn't. No, it was Thor was the year before. I thought Captain... Hmm. Captain America was 2011. Yeah. Mad. It's, I don't know. Also, we were talking about this before, but like, how the hell does the Tesseract get to where it is? I know. Like, I'm happy you realized you agreed with me on this because yeah, I, I thought I was going crazy because I was full on like okay so the Red Skull uses the Tesseract it ends up falling into the ice and then all of a sudden the scrolls have it in space yeah and then it goes back down to the no yeah. then it goes to Fury's office yeah the cat vomits it and then it needs to go back to ice yeah like for Fury to find it again like it's so weird it's so very very weird yeah it was nice seeing the Tesseract that little blue cube yeah that movie, was... the Tesseract's probably in more movies than anyone else. It's funny. I think it's the one like even though it's the Infinity Stone, like it, it's probably the one the one MacGuffin that's in multiple films. It's in loads. It's in both Thor's, this, and Avengers. Wait, is it in both Thor's? Is it in the second one? It is in the second one. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and then it's in it's in all three. It's in, Ragnarok. It's in all three yeah. Avengers films. It's like, in all three. It's, oh, no, it, it's in Ragnarok it's, too. Then. Well, it's yeah. Because, well, sure. It's the focus of um, the first Avengers, the MacGuffin yeah. of that. It is in the second one where Ultron breaks it. Pretty sure it's in. Oh no, so no, it's not. It's not in Ultron. It's not in Ultron. Ultron breaks the um, vi- the Vision. No, no, he doesn't. Does or does he? I can't remember. I watched that movie last week. No, he broke the scepter. He broke uh, the scepter. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so mm. we don't really do the scrolls being good guys justice there. We should talk about that, like well, the implications it holds for the future of the universe. See, well, I remember getting a text off of Liam, which was secret invasion down the toilet, and he was very annoyed with that. I still, I still back it, man. Personally, I feel like they can still do secret invasion because we haven't met the super scroll, and that you because the scroll home planet is a big planet, like it's a planet. You yeah. can say it's a rogue faction of the scrolls. You can, okay. Yeah, like that's my only argument against it. But Mendo's the best scroll. No scroll <laughs> will be more super than Mendo. No scroll will be not more super than Mendo. Did you like the scroll design in this film? Yeah, it's kind of goofy. I liked it was it. fairly goofy. I, I liked really it liked though. It. Yeah, I like how it was all sort of prosthetics instead mm. of CG. I got um, I got Green Goblin vibes off it. Yeah, I liked that they were actually yeah they were actually aliens instead of I hate aliens that are just humans. Like that's kind of oh, I hate the Kree. Yeah, they just that's what I mean. Like they just there's nothing. There's nothing really about them. Well, you know, you have the Kree, some Kree who look like humans, and then you have blue people. Where's someone was blue? Lee Pace, Ronan. Oh yeah. There's Ronan. He is blue. There's Ronan, and there's like a couple of characters from like Agents of Shield or some shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, I really like the sequence with um the scrolls when they have Captain Marvel. In the space of yeah, the prop thing, yeah, yeah, I quite like that too. Yeah. yeah, I think I just I think I like everything about the scrolls in this film. I really enjoyed most of like even like the fact they were good guys. I really really liked. Okay, I'm gonna fire some quick fire Captain Marvel questions at you. Okay? Go, and you have to answer straight on top of your head. Hit me. Best character, 
Talos. Talos, good. Yeah. Um, worst? Yonrog. Oh, yeah. Best moment? Best moment? Uh, the train scene. Worst moment? The eye. Okay, and this is what... Okay, so we need to decide. Is there anything else you want to discuss about I this? I think I'm fairly happy with it. Like, yeah, that's, that's I, my, I, I can give my closing thoughts on it right now. Yeah, well, I want to know. Yeah, we'll give closing. Well, tell me so, uh, what you want to know first. I want to know where... What would you give this out of five first? Out of five, I would give this a two and a half, oh, maybe. May, maybe a three out of five. <laughs> you are a bastard. You gave Alita a three, goddammit. I'm sorry, but what was it you said to me before we started recording? Alina, Alina might be a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> so shut up! I hey, both. I think Captain Marvel is a solid three star. I think it's as I mean, it's a two and a half, maybe a three. Okay. I think it's a very solid film, and I ha- I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm glad I saw it, but yeah. it's. I feel like I also forget about it. Okay, I'm about to throw you a huge curveball, and I apologize. Oh god. Okay. Do you have your MCU? Ranking? I can get it up there now. Yeah, I can get you it can get that, and I'm gonna get mine, and we're gonna see where we'll. Put it. Yeah, because like I actually do wonder where you would rank this. Because I actually haven't inserted it. Yeah, I forgot. Um, <laughs> see, I think it's not making top ten for me. Oh god, no. No, but I do think it'd probably be about number twelve. So you're saying? For me. Okay, hold on. But for me, that means it's better than Thor, Ant Man, Ultron, Doctor Strange, Ant Man the Wasp, Iron Man two, and Hulk. And so Thor you're saying two. they're all two and a half. Uh, I'm yeah. Really? Yeah. Two uh, and a half to three. Okay, hold on. Let me let me see where I'm gonna put it. I'm going to put it number eleven. No, not that high. I'm gonna put it fifteenth. Fifteenth. Sandwiched in between Ant Man and Thor. Wow. Yeah, I don't like. It's good. I think they're all good movies. Yeah. I don't think that's a negative thing to that's, say. It's funny because when, like, when you try ranking the MCU, it's like you have to understand that most of them are not bad. Yeah, a lot of them are good. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm not gonna say it's better than like I don't think it's better than Iron Man three or Guardians two. No, no. My sort of thought with this, I have Iron Man, Ant Man, Thor, and Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. And thirteenth to sixteenth. That and Captain Marvel, you throw that into them. Mm-hmm. Those sort of ones for me, and I know that you with Guardians too, are interchangeable for me. Okay, like okay. they're all good. But uh, they're very interchangeable. I, yeah, do I find any of them amazing? Well, I kind of, I think, I think I like Iron Man two and Guardians too. But yeah, Captain Marvel's three star. I think it's good fun. Um, yeah, I kind of, I can agree with that and the feeling that they're all kind of interchangeable. Especially because, like, one thing I didn't realize about the first phase is that they all take place in the same week. Really? Phase one takes place in in one in the space from Iron Man. No, <laughs> Captain America. Uh, no, <laughs> from no, but like from Iron Man, Iron. Actually, no, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man two, Thor, and the First Avenger all take place within the same week. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Which I actually really like, but I kind of that's the, my kind of feeling that they can also end up being quite interchangeable. I think I figured out why you're disappointed. Why? Okay, look at your list, okay? Yeah. In your top ten, mm-hmm. you have you have Guardians two, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, and Infinity War. Yes. Okay. The only one from recent movie you don't have is Ant Man and the Wall, same as me, mm-hmm. which we all sort of knew was going to be in. We weren't yeah. gonna love it, but with Captain Marvel, we were all sort of up until the trailers came out. We thought this might be top tier Marvel. Yeah, 
Mm, okay, I see where you're getting. Yeah, up. and then when it's just when it's good and not great, you're sort of like a little bit. Oh, you're a bit let down. Do you know why that is though? I think yeah, I think it is basically it's diminishing returns in the fact that we've had so for me at least yeah every since I think about since Guardians two for me every single Marvel film I've seen has just been fantastic. Baratman. Like Baratman, yeah. And like even though I knew that was gonna be just kind of meh. Every single other one, like like I've said, I love Guardians 2, I love Spider-Man, I really love Ragnarok, I really love Infinity War, I yeah. love Black Panther. They've all been like the best the studio's mm-hmm. ever done. And then we get this one, which is like, it's good, it is definitely a good yeah. film. It's just, you've had all this really great stuff before this. You do this one. I also have. Now, I hate bringing DC into this, okay? Okay. But I come to a, a kind of a sh- interesting um, development in my mind. Yeah. Also known as conclusive. If Shazam, which I expect to be very good, yeah, is very good, then there is a high chance that I would have preferred the last two DC movies to the last two Marvel movies. And isn't that pretty interesting? That's a very interesting point. And I pinned that on the fact that DC has finally gotten its act together, kind yeah. of. I think uh, there's room for both of them. I think, yeah. as long as I'm getting good movies, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm very much like, I really don't care about any kind of war between DC yeah. and Marvel. As long as they make good films, like, as we said, we both really like Aquaman. Shazam looks like it's going to be a really great film. I'm actually quite excited for the Wonder Woman sequel, Wonder yeah. Woman 1984, because I, I'm a staunch defender of the original Wonder Woman. It's a fantastic film, even with the third act. Yeah. But overall, what do you think of Captain Marvel? I think it's a good start for the character and I could see her going in a similar direction that Captain America and Thor went to becoming one of the goats of the MCU. Um, go see it for Buddy Cop and Ben Mendo and don't see it because of fan service. Similar thoughts to you for me. I think you should definitely go and see this film, especially if you are a Marvel fan because come on, we're all at this stage. But you don't be going expecting the top tier of Marvel, the cream of the crop that you've been getting the past few years now. It's good, but it is a purely an origin film. I came up with a great pun last night. Yeah. Okay. So, did you find out, you, I don't know if you've seen my tweet, but did you find it marvelous? Or did it make you furious? I give Marvel two and a half stars out of five. Out We're three never out discussing five. this again. Three out of five. I hate you. Thank you. (laughs) I think then we're going to scoot off from Marvel and talk about our next film, Fighting With My Family. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to go next segment. February 22nd, experience the feel-good comedy of the year. Have you got a stiffy? Excuse me? So don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. Hey! You can't just hang out with The Rock. Fighting with my family. Rated PG-13. Fighting with my family is the story of the wrestler Paige. And it is basically based all around her life story as she rose from a family in the UK who love wrestling to being one of the biggest wrestlers in WWE. Now Liam, you're a massive fan of WWE. Yeah, I'm a hardcore WWE fan. I watched uh, Fastlane last night, the pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> we had a show reunion. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to WrestleMania, go representing the Irish. And um, I love it. See, I'm 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 very different in that. I don't. I, it's not. It's literally not a case of like me disliking it. I enjoy wrestling. I watched it when I was a kid, but never been that big a per, big a fan. And my brother's a massive fan, but for me, I've never really been that big of, into it. So WrestleMania is 
four weeks yesterday, <laughs> four weeks to the day yesterday. Uh, I am pumped. I'm booking a day off work. I'm going to have some beers. <laughs> I'm going to watch Becky Lynch bring it home. Fair. And my life is happy. Although, it's, I do find it funny that one of my favorite short films of recent memory was that film Wrestling Isn't Wrestling by someone we won't name. Max Landis. Yeah, which it's a great film, but also uh, yeah, it's a piece of shit. But anyway, fighting my family. What do you think? Sorry, before we talk about it, can I show you something? Yes, you can. You can. Like the poster for this movie in the Photoshop rock. Oh my god, <laughs> that's, that's awful. That's the IMVD poster. Um, sorry. So, uh, fighting with my family tell, tells the story of Norwich girl Paige. Well, her name's not Paige in this. Her name she has a weird name. What are your thoughts on it though? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. it was really, it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good fun. Um, I thought, um, go see it, particularly for a performance by Jack Lowden, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He plays Paige's younger brother who wants to be a wrestler, but it, we all know he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good performances by him, Nick Frost and Vince Vaughn. Those three, I felt like, were really good. And Florence Pugh was great as well. Yeah, like I'm kind of the same. It's very much, it's it's cliched, it's predictable, but goddamn it, it's fun. It's fun. It's a funny film. It's actually quite heartfelt in some some areas. It's got a lot of heart. Performances. Florence Pugh again. Just put her in all the things. She's a very very good up and coming actress, and I can't wait to see more of her stuff. Is as well. Zach, Jack Jack top notch. Yeah. Very very good performer. Um, was he by any chance? Yes, he was. He was in Dunkirk. He was in Dunkirk. He was very good in Dunkirk. I know. I'm happy to see him get more work. Yeah. Nick Frost. It's always nice to see Nick Frost and things. That was very good. He's very this. good. Lena Headey was very good in this too. Yeah, the the wrestling was actually uh, realistic, which I was happy about. Yeah, like that. They actually really go right. They have their facts down in regards to the wrestling yeah. world. They really go into it. And it's directed by Stephen Merchant. Yeah, Stephen Merchant of all people. Stephen Merchant's from The Office, yeah. like from Tooth Fairy, from like. All those things. He's that. He's that really tall fucking British guy. Yeah, and also The Rock is um, like being advertised as the main character, one of the main characters. Yeah, The Rock is in this for three scenes. Yeah, The Rock is not in this. He produced it. He produced it. Yeah, but But, and uh, funny enough, I thought he would be in it more because he's a producer, but no. And honestly, I think that really works the film's advantage. Yeah, they used him well. Um, I also wanted to say the only my main gripe with the movie is that the script which was actually written by Merchant was mm. a little bit the cliches are a bit uh... I really don't mind the cliches that much because they're executed so well oh there's an unfortunate joke as well which one was that um, basically there's a scene where um, one of the wrestlers refers to another one as sex tape yeah. and if you know about Paige had her own um, really tough bout with depression after it people leaked things mm, and it was just yeah. really nasty it was it's kind of awful yeah but this was filmed in 2015 before any of that happened mm. but ugh. it's funny as well because for me i looked up after i saw the film i went and looked up Paige and her life story she's actually an incredibly inspirational woman i feel yes and especially I, since mm, as well yeah she's I'm, had to retire due yeah. to injuries sure and also the fact that she suffered from scoliosis before yeah. like she started wrestling i think that was an incredible thing that she was still able to do wrestling yeah. after that like, they didn't mention that at all uh yeah they didn't no. which i really think is not good at all like yeah. i feel i feel like there was something they could have like 
really brought into. If you actually, if you enjoyed this, you should actually check out the documentary. Yeah. The documentary is really The good. documentary is great. It's called, what is the name of it? I can't remember. It's called The Wrestlers Fighting With My Family. It's actually a very, very good documentary. I well recommend watching it. Yeah. Um, is there really any gripes you have with this film other than that? This, this script, I think it's actually a good film. It's a, it's, it's a solidly good film. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's very good in it. Florence Pugh, as always, is great in it. And overall, it's just it's just fun. I'd actually I'd give it a three and a half. I'd almost give it a four, nearly, just purely on the fact that it is such an enjoyable film. Like I walked in, I walked in there ready to see a fun time, and I walked out with a smile on my face. Good. And can I just mention one movie really quick? You can, of course. I want to give a shout out to The Hole in the Ground, which is an Irish horror movie, which is out at the moment, which is you check out because it's actually very good. Mm. That's that's all I wanted to say. That's completely fair. What would you rate Find My Family though? Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. Fair enough. Four and eight. It was just really refreshing that I got to see a WWE Studios film that wasn't uh, one of the six Marine films. <laughs> six, goddammit. Starring how many different wrestlers at this stage? I think only three. Though, yeah. you, if you could actually fact check this and I can see if I can tell you all of them. Tell uh, me when you have Let me this. get them up now. So we have. Oh, don't tell me. Let's see if I can get it. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say John Cena was first. Randy Orton. No, there was one before Randy Orton. Uh, no, 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 it was John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. The Miz was in it. Yeah. And Randy Orton. Nope. No. Nope. Randy Orton was never in it. Was it just John Cena? Oh, that's 12 rounds too, yeah. sorry, the other John Cena one. Um, was it just Cena and The Miz? It is, yeah, just Cena and The Miz. The Miz has been in, how many is there? Is there six or five? Uh, there's six. Six, and The Miz has been in five of them. The Miz has been in five of them, yeah. Uh, John Michaels is in the new N- one. No, actually, The Miz was only in three of them. It's in the other two. Uh, the other, the first one was John Cena, Cena yeah. and the second one was a guy called Ted Ted DeBias. Ah, Ted DiBiase Jr. Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah, million dollar man's son. Oh God! There you go. I did not know he was an actor. He wow. is now. You should check out. Uh, I believe the movie's called The Cha- Chaperone, which is um, Triple H's looking after kids. As a bus driver. Also, Trevor Waits is also in Blade 3. Hmm. I think we can now move off of our movies. It was a really good week in the movies, I think, overall. Like, I enjoyed yeah, there, was, I, there wasn't any bad ones. No, we just had fun. Yeah. Let's move on then to our, new, our always very reliable section, Box Office Bonanza. this weekend and I want to know Scott what did we say it would get well I predicted that it was going to make 140 million dollars at the box office while you predicted it was going to make 165 million dollars at the box office and we were both actually quite close for once it was in between it was completely there is but Captain Marvel managed to make 153 million overall worldwide like opening weekend in in America and we were I was literally 1 million off of you like yeah, so I believe. That's I believe it. once again you win this fucking thing. <laughs> I need to win it some. St- I won the first week by one. <laughs> How many weeks are we at? Uh, we've been doing this now for three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. So I'm three one up. <laughs> no, two. Wait. Two, two one. Yeah. Am I doing? No, you're three one now. Three yeah. one. You're three one now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to catch up. Yeah. Well, don't. Well, actually, before I don't, even, I don't want to gloss over that fact. This is the sixth highest opening of all time worldwide. Oh, it is. It actually uh-huh. really is. Yeah, yeah. it is. I it's, think that's incredible. It's overtaken Last Jedi. Yeah, which it wasn't that hard. Oh, 
it's it's okay, nice. Okay. I'm gonna okay. go vote. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Last Jedi alone. Um, but no, definitely. Like, it's biggest opening for a female-led film of all time. Um, yes, yeah, no, I it think is. so. Yeah, no, it is. And right now, it is the as of this today, it is the second highest-grossing film of 2019. Which, let's be honest, probably by the end of its run, it will be second at the moment of this year. Yeah. What, what's that? The Wandering Earth. Which is a China oh, yes. a film yes. a film from China. Yeah, really we, need to stop forgetting about that. Yeah. I think but like I think it actually will end up overtaking it before I'd say probably before Infinity War comes out. How much is Wandering Earth about? Uh Wandering Earth is at six hundred and eighty three million. Oh, oh take overtake it next week. Mm. By next week. Uh Captain Marvel is going to be hands down, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. It's gonna be our first entry into the billion dollar club this year. I think you're probably right. Because like, yeah, I, I and I I stupidly do not put this on my top ten highest grossing. Because cool. I genuinely thought it wasn't going to break in a billion, but now I'm kind of like, no, it probably You don't have won't. it at all? Uh, no, actually, if I can get it on my list now, but I'm fairly certain I don't have it at I, all. I don't think you did either. No, Unless no. Uh, n- no, I do. Actually, I can tell you right now, I know it's not on it. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not put Captain Marvel on this list. I have it at number eight. The only, <laughs> the only mistake I made was that I have it. Um, I regret putting Detective Pikachu above it. Oh, really? But you know what? I'm just happy it's there. That's good. So next week, okay? Yeah. Here's our predictions. We have two opening in America. Give me your films. Okay. Do you actually know what these are? Tell me. I'm not only to guess what this movie is, judging by this cast, okay? Jennifer Gardner, Mila Kunis, Kevin Chamberlain, Ken Young. A Matthew Broderick. A movie. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. A movie directed by. Don't don't look it up. Okay, okay. Don't look it up. A movie directed by David Feist, who made Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, and Open Season Scared Silly. What movie is this? What movie is this? This is Wonder Park. What the fuck is that? It's an animated movie. When a Wonder Park tells the story of a magnificent amusing amusement park where the imagination of a wildly creative girl named June comes alive. Oh god, this is like... Look at it! Look at this! What the hell? Yeah! This is a very... It's a theme park with lots of talking animals. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know who it's made by. Uh, Tom Baker's in this, what the fuck? Fuck, no. Like, Tom Baker's in Doctor Who. Well, it's made by Nickelodeon and Paramount. Oh. It's a hundred million budget. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Paramount, they... Paramount releases some weird films. I don't know how you can even go about predicting this. Like, <laughs> it's funny, because the last few films of Paramount Animation have made have been... They made Spongebob... Uh, the, the, Spongebob uh, the, Sponge the, second, Water. the second Spongebob movie, which I actually really love. Yeah. Um, they made that movie Monster Trucks. Yeah. Which is a surprisingly fun film. And they made Sherlock Gnomes. Uh. That's on Netflix now. It is on Netflix. Watch that film for the guy they have playing Moriarty because he's fucking hilarious. Who is it? uh, It was a comedian from England who manages to be better than Johnny Depp. Nice. Which is not, not, what's his name? Jamie Demetrio, yeah. He's hilarious in the film, I feel. And also, watching him Fleabag, he's very funny in that. Um, But, yeah, what are you going to, Gazel's going to open with? (laughs) I think it's going to bomb so hard. Okay, what are you going but with? I'm. Pr- it's probably gonna open with. I'm gonna say, twenty million. Twenty million. Yeah. You're deluded, my friend, because it's only gonna open. Actually, yeah, it's gonna open with, fourteen million. Okay, so that is, you fourteen and me twenty. That's 
have you heard of this movie until right now? Oh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. I'm only going on the fact that it has, like, a fairly big-name cast. Okay. Like, John Oliver is in this. There's YouTubers in this. Like, there's Joe Sugg. Joe Sugg? Joe Sugg. Oh. I'm nosing there that they make... This is one of those films where, depending on what country you're in, it's going to have different actors. Because for some reason it has um, Keenan Thompson for US audiences and Joe Sugg for UK. Oh. And Ken Hudson Campbell for US and Tom Baker for UK. That's so weird. The fact that Tom Baker's in this, I think, is ridiculous. Because I like, Tom Baker's just such a weird actor. And we have one more movie this weekend. What is it? We have Five Feet Apart. What's that? Okay, so starring Cole Sprouse and Haley G- Lou Richardson from Split. Really? Uh, Edge of 17. Okay. So, 17-year-old Stella spends most of her time in a hospital as a cystic fibrosis pace with her life. It's full of routine boundaries of self-control, all of which put to the test when she meets Will, an impossibly charming teen who has the same illness. Mm. There's an instant flirtation, though restrictions this dictate that they must maintain a safe distance between them. Five feet apart. As the, their connection intensifies, so does the temptation to throw through rules out the window and to embrace their attraction. Eight million. Million? Less even. Um, <laughs> I really don't know where to go. With yeah, this. I'm. I'm just actually. I'm gonna say seven million. Um, is it? Is it even me? I haven't heard of this movie. Uh, according, according to Miss Vogue, is moving, eye-opening, and captivating. Of course it is. You know. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go four million. Actually, I'm gonna say five. Yeah, go five. I'm gonna go for five. Yeah. Because I need to try and win at some stage. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to... St- you have to he has to stick close to me in the game. Yeah, I think at this stage I'm going to end up going like... You say four, and I'm like... Four and a half. Uh, yeah, so... That's... Yeah, it's It's, it's going to be a quiet week next week. Yeah, who knows what we're going to have. And keep in mind that next week we're going to have to start thinking about what we're going to predict for us. So... Yeah, because like us is out at the end of this month, I think. Yeah, Friday, actually no, it's Friday out. Week. It's out. Yeah, Friday week. Which yeah. hey, it's gonna be a great time for us. Ah. I was like, what? what, what okay, what? you want to talk about some news? I think we can move on to talking about some news, definitely. is um we think we might have our new james bond yeah so basically now what happened over the last weekend was the odds were slashed in favor of having killian murphy as james bond our boy you are our big l irish boy what what do you feel how do you feel about that um i'm I'm down for it it seems uh seems people don't really want him as james bond really well everywhere i go i keep seeing he looks so weird he wouldn't be a good james bond he'd be a better villain no I think he'd be a good James Bond he seems he's sort of a, he's one of the best actors in the world I feel he's genuinely a fantastic actor like and everything I've seen him in he's always just giving I don't know what he'd bring to this role though that's the only thing that I'm mm. like James Bond like it's really it's a really tough character to even mm. be good in there's more bad Bonds than good Bonds yeah like if we can name like how many good Bonds would you say there is Actually, no, no, no. I think all... I will actually come back. All the Bond actors are good. It just depends on which movie they're in. Yeah. Who's your favourite? Uh, not going to lie, it's Craig right now. 
saying but my favourite movie is Honor Majesty's Secret Service oh really be, so does that make Lazenby be my favourite Bond do you actually really like Lazenby though like, I really like because I think Lazenby is quite underrated yeah I really like that movie like personally my least favourite is Pierce Brosnan oh yeah but, that, <laughs> but although actually no I don't although, how is it that Pierce Brosnan is my least favourite but also has one of the best Bond movies in Goldfinger or Goldeneye sorry <laughs> yeah well actually I'm not crazy on Timothy Dalton Actually, I, know, I quite like Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Well, that's because I love Timothy Dalton in general. But yeah. I think Timothy Dalton is, Dalton is a quite a good uh, James Bond. And it would be great just to have an Irish man as Bond. Yeah. Actually, it was Brosnan. Northern Irish. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he was um, pl- that film with the, f- the Foreigner and he was basically playing Jerry Adams? No. Have you never. You, it's the, I've never. Heard so, of Pierce Brosnan did a film called The Foreigner, w- which starred Jackie Chan. And him. Oh wow! And basically, it was set in London. And Jerry and sorry, uh, fucking Pierce Brosnan played a Northern Irish man, minister who may or may not have connections to the IRA. And you, I'll just show you what he looks like. But you can you can then decide for yourself. But Pierce Brosnan is on the left. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's kind of damn. damn he does look a lot like Jerry Adams. Mm, they really, and he sounds exactly like him as well, which is worse. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so Murphy as Bond, he's a great actor. I don't know, I don't know. Have you watched Peaky Blinders? Uh, yes, I love Peaky Blinders. I've only seen two episodes. He's very, very good in Peaky Blinders, but the thing is, is he's playing a criminal in that. He's playing like a guy who is a foot who runs a criminal empire. Yeah. And as good as he is in the role, I don't see him being that if he was going to play James Bond. I want a young Bond. I kind of want a young Bond too. Because I actually love Pierre, he's 42. Yeah, I was thinking, I kind of would want like a Bond in his mid-twenties. And by the time this movie came out, it wouldn't be to like 20, 25. Yeah. Well, no, like Bond 25 is meant to, actually, yeah, I was saying Bond 25 is coming out next year. Or the year year after, after, sorry. Yeah, 20. So yeah, we wouldn't get this about 25. I kind of want a newcomer as Bond. A newcomer? A new, like someone like, an unknown. Alden Enric. No. Why? Because, he's, be because he's American. Oh, yeah. My wife, one of the things is like, I don't mind if they're English or Irish, just as long as they're not American. So what? Uh, so you want a newcomer? I want someone who is literally just, no one knows who the hell they are. We don't even know who they are. I know who I want. Who do you want? Jack O'Connor. Jack O'Connor would be a very good Bond, yeah. Although, I wonder would they let him keep his accent though? Probably not. Because I don't see them doing that. I also, it's funny because I remember when Daniel Craig was cast, they also saw he was too rough or she, like to play him. Yeah. And even and that really helped him, I feel, too. And it mm. made his Bond quite unique. And I still vouch for Idris. Yeah, I can hope, I would love if Idris got to play him, but I think it's a bit too late for him. Yeah, Idris. Idris, Idris is nearly 50. Yeah, he'd be or, close. Yeah, Idris is 46. 46. Mm. And you got to keep in mind that this movie, we won't see for like six years, maybe. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. That'll make Idris 52, which is, like, Daniel Craig's, like, 52 now. Yeah, but Daniel Craig is, like, doesn't look 52. That's the thing. Idris doesn't look that old. No, it just, it just doesn't look that old either. But, like, I'd be more, I'd more by his age than I would for Daniel Craig. Who is Idris? Oh, yeah, Craig's only 51. Yeah, Craig's only 51 and married to Rachel Weisz, the bastard. I'm sorry, but like any man who is married to Rachel Weiss is like, you are jealous of them. Well, we're going to be talking about Rachel Weiss and Kelly Murphy very soon. In fact, do we have any more movie news to talk about? Because it's been a very light week other than that. Yeah, I, I don't... 
<laughs> I really don't know. Do you have any? I don't really have any at all. I think we can move straight into our lovely segment if you'd yeah. like to introduce us. So we are going to the 50 Cent Challenge. Go, 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 Charlie. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. Do you want to go first? I will go first. So this week, you had me watch the 1999 classic, Brendan Fraser starring The Mummy. And I'm not going to lie, I was very excited for you to to make me do this because after the past few weeks, I really needed something decent to watch. I I loved it. It was so much fun. It's so much fun. Like, I forget, like, some of these films we've been going back and I'm just like, I forget how much fun they are. Yeah. Like, this film, it's stupid as hell. It is genuinely so stupid, and it's like, okay, so The Mummy basically stars Brendan Fraser as adventurer Rick O'Connell, as <laughs> they travel to, I'm going to butcher this name, Hamunatra, ha- Hamun- Hamunatra, the city of the dead. That's how you pronounce it, stutter included. You have yeah, to, that's yeah, actually you have to put correct pronunciation. They travel to that, that place with Rachel Weiss and their John Hanna, who plays the character called... Um, is the name Arthur? I feel it. I mean, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah. It, it just, of course, is fucking Jonathan. He looks like a Jonathan. Uh, he plays Jonathan, and they go basically to find treasure, to find mummies, but it turns out there might be more than they think, because there's a full. Uh, they accidentally awaken Imhotep, the mummy. No. My god. Oh no. And then after that, it's action, adventure. Bit, a li- actually more horror than I thought there would be really? as well. It surprisingly got some decent horror elements. I feel like be- it's better at the action than it is the horror, but the horror aspects are still quite good. Imhotep looks fucking freaky. Mm. Like, because for the majority of the film, he is in his mummified form, and he just looks fucking creepy as hell. Is this the one with the scorpion king? No, no that's, that's Mummy 2. Okay. But he just looks fucked up most of the time. Um, and again... All the actors are having the time of their life. Brendan Fraser looks like he's just... Brendan Fraser, this is Brendan Fraser at his peak in the 90s yeah. when he was like, he could be in a film and it would just sell, 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 sell. I feel so sorry for that man. I feel immensely sorry for that man, but he's having a very good time now. He's having quite a comeback, which, oh, that makes me so happy because mm. he's just he just seems like a really, really lovely guy in general. I... Full on love Looney Tunes back in action. No, yeah, joking. I genuinely. Love I think it. I think it's actually quite an underrated film, and I feel like people shit on it quite a lot. Yeah. But anyway, back to this. Um, Rachel Weisz is also very fun. She is basically playing plucky English girl, like so, and she's very good at it. But she's yeah. also her character is actually quite resourceful, quite smart. Mm. John Hanna is basically just the comic relief in this, but he's done well. He's never really annoying, and the bits that he kind of is, they don't really get in the way. Imhotep is just is your very much run the mill scary villain for the sake of being a scary villain, but damn it, does it not work? Is is the kid in this? Or the kid one? is not in this. That's, that's the next two. film. I, I, but I don't know if I remember this movie at all. I feel like you're interchanging this with the first one. Yeah. Like there's a moment in this film where um, when you first meet Brendan Fraser's character, he is in a cage and he has long hair and he looks like he's just walked off the set of George of the Jungle. Really? Like he is like he looks like so like rugged and like ridiculous. It's and funny. then the next time you see, like, the next time you see him, Ray, uh, Rachel Weisz's character has gotten him out of prison, and she's like, oh, I can't wait, I'm, it's gonna be terrible. Like, he's, I'm going along with this ruffian, this, like, madman, this hairy bastard, and he comes in and he looks like Brendan Fraser, like, cleaned up and gorgeous, and she's just like, oh, hi. Uh, 
And of course there is like the forced romance and yeah, but like they have good chemistry, so I really don't care. Like it's fine. They work together and they work fine, so I'm okay with the romance element of this film. Um What are the aspects of the film that are worth fifty cent? Um, like what do you feel like sticks on like oh yeah that's not great like, uh, the, vis- any... the visual effects don't hold up at all like no, the, there's oh, a th- what year is this? this is 1999 like so this is like when CGI was like only starting out and starting being put in literally everything the visual like the visuals like the CGI just do not hold up there's this whole thing with, the, with beetles and like bugs and uh, they're in like they're like all over the tomb mm. and they're the reason like people keep getting killed yeah and they look like shit it just looks like a lot of little black dots like just running around eating people up and it just looks terrible Ugh. and again also the, like the Imhotep is mostly CGI like and he just doesn't look good mm. like as I said he looks freaky but in like also he just does not look good yeah which is funny because this was um, Industrial Light and Magic that did this this was like the same guys who did Lucasfilm oh. like who made who did the visual effects for this and yet it's only kind of but Lucasfilm, were they known for their CGI though? Yes, all... because they had made, they literally just came up the back and making Phantom Menace. Oh yeah. Mm. And as good as Phantom, as bad as Phantom Menace is, the visual effects are great. Like, I actually full on believe the visual effects are fantastic. Especially for the time it's in. I don't, like, I genuinely I don't remember this movie. I'm not gonna lie, I full had intentions on watching it too, so we could talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It just, it, it didn't happen. I apologize. Mm. That's okay. Do you remember the rest of the series after this? The funny thing with this is that this sort of, this film has somehow spawned a massive franchise. And a TV show. And a TV show, uh, which I remember watching. And I was always kind of freaked out when I was a kid. But it spawned The Mummy Returns, which I actually also quite enjoy. And then you have The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Love. Which, oh my, it's so bad. That's the only like, one I remember. It's so bad, but I remember going to see that in cinema. Like and I, I actually quite enjoyed it. But again, again, I'm a kid, and it also spawned the prequel spin-off series, The Scorpion King. Yeah, <laughs> starring The Rock. Which just why, 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 why? Not that bad. It's you know, there's five films in that franchise. The Mummy in The Scorpion King. No, there are f- The Rock's only in one. Obviously, The Rock is. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's in three of them. No, he's not. Um, no, he no, isn't. He's only in the, he's only in the first Scorpion King. And then you have Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, Scorpion 3, Battle for Redemption, Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power, Scorpion King, Book of Souls. Wow. There, and then, like, no. Who's in After the Rock? Uh, after the Rock, you have Michael Copan, Victor Webster, and Zach McGowan. Nobody. Who's Zach McGowan? Uh, Zach McGowan, I'll look him up now. But, like, I know him from. He something. was in Shameless, he nice. was in Terminator Salvation, he was in The 100, Black Sails, uh, Resident Evil, like, the games. Um, he's not very well known. Um, it was also in a Death Race movie. Oh, Death Although Race. you should watch Scorpion King three because I just have to seeing it has uh, Billy Zane in it. <laughs> as the, uh, Billy, Zane, Billy Zane and Dave Bautista oh, and Ron Perlman. Oh, you're selling me so hard. Yeah, on so this. like I would honestly go and see it. I and love Bautista. It's got a mix to di- negative critical reception, so it's probably fun. Yeah, but overall, like I think the Mummy is a surprise is still fun. That's all I really wanted to see with that. I just wanted to see a fun film. Well, we're going to find out very soon if you get another fun film. So are you, actually, yeah. Like, because I have your one up here. <laughs> I have your one, too. Oh, I, did I, you go I, mean? Uh, oh, yeah. 
I am me too. I went like quite. Uh, well, the thing is, I actually want because I have I actually never seen this film, but I've only heard that, and I feel like you're gonna cringe so hard during uh-huh. it. Um, but so, overall, though, I think I would buy this film for fifty cent. Anything more? Uh, maybe like two euro. Like, uh, like two, I, I give it like two euro. We never really established whether like if fifty cent is buying it for fifty cent is a good thing or. No, buying it for fifty cent is a good thing because like it's solid, but if you're like. Like you ever see like an old movie and it's like three fifty, like oh three fifty for that. That's too much. But then you see one for fifty, so you're like, dude, yeah. I'm not even paying that for it. But I think overall, it's good film. Go go buy it for fifty cent. Now, what did I give you this week? You gave me Intermission. So Intermission is an Irish comedy made by John Crowley, who Crowley, who made um, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it follows like a variety of stories a multitude of stories so you have this is, this is around the time when like those kind of films were like it was like really popular they got really popular like that, like that was the time when Crash came out yeah this should have won Best Picture instead <laughs> um, I don't want to go too into spoil it at all because I feel like this is a criminally underseen movie yeah so definitely. you have Colin Farrell playing like a thug and it's <laughs> absolutely brilliant he's just Gummy. He's the such opening, a bastard in The it. opening scene, I'll say this, the opening scene has Colin Farrell basically uh, talking to this um, uh, barista. Yeah. And um, he's talking about, like, have you ever think if you met someone and, and you he's being really up charming, at yeah. first sight? I said, like, yeah, like, what if, what if that's us? And then he goes, but what if someone's just robbing a coffee shop and he decks her? And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, you're like, oh, he's such a prick. And um, so from then on, it follows um, Killian Murphy playing a guy called John. Um, he really loves, apparently, I really want to try this, but he's an advocate for a brown sauce drink. Yeah, like he puts brown sauce in his tea in one scene. I remember, like, I remember seeing this. Yeah. And it's gross. It looks, but, but everyone else says it's good. like, no, how do you, it was kind of a, that is fucking ish. Yeah, it's really good. You have, um, I'm trying to find my cast here because it's Kelly McDonald as is from Train Spotting as Deirdre. How is her accent? Solid. Good. Solid. Yeah, I thought it was solid. Um, also, so you have Kelly Murphy. Uh, this is like, he looks the same age. The same with Colin Farrell. Actually, not so much with Colin Farrell. Where's O'Killian Murphy? Mm. Legit. This looks like it was made this year. Yeah. Like, it is crazy. Uh. Um, you also have. Uh, Colomini as a cop. <laughs> he's like he's more like a detective, but he wants to like become famous. So he had like this documentary guy who wants his big break to <laughs> film like a show on about him. Yeah, and uh, like there's um there's a wonderful scene where like uh, establishes establishes that um Colomini and Colin Farrell have like this rivalry. Yeah. So he sees him entering the bar, and he's like um. Uh, Colin Farrow to use the toilet and Colin Meany just goes to the apartment and he's like did he put, did, are you allowed to use your toilet if you don't buy a drink like mm, not really like okay that's enough for me to talk to him so he grabs him by the neck in the toilet and pees on him yeah that was kind of like, that's kind of oh, gross it was great like, it was great he insulted his mother in fairness never insult a man's mother no um, yeah Meany's uh, it's a little bit underused but he's mm. really good on it um, I'm trying to remember this act. Who plays Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter? Um, oh, what uh, the fuck she, is her name? I yeah. know who you're talking It's uh, not Shirley Henderson. Shirley Henderson is great in this. She plays, um, uh, Ka- uh, what do you call her? Sally. 
She plays Sally, who's Kelly McDonald's sister. Mm. And basically, she hates men, and um, she's sort of there's sort of an art. She's trying to figure out if she has a mustache or not. Which What's is, it called in the film? Arani. 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 For all our non-Irish viewers, Arani is a kind of thin, wispy moustache that most young boys and some women get on their upper lip. Yeah, and um, so it's funny seeing her sort of complex with that. Mm. Um, at times it's sort of, it feels a lot more episodic than movie, which is sort of my only gripe with it. Do but you say it worked very well as like a half hour comedy series? Yeah, I felt like after an hour and a half hour, like... Uh, okay, this is sort of going on a little bit, but I still had a lot of fun with it. Like the laughs are definitely there. Yeah, there's a great um, sort of kidnapping sub uh, subplot, which is super good. Mm. There's a kid throwing rocks at everyone. <laughs> like I think this movie wouldn't have worked without the cast. I think like there's as well because it's an Irish film, we know these locations. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what like um. And then, like an American or like even English sort of perspective of this would be because yeah. there is uh, you sort of need to know Dublin for this film mm. to work. And like, or even not even know Dublin, but like know the kind of people who are in Dublin. Yeah, I would like. Let me curious if we have anyone in America listening. Go watch Intermission and let us know what you think and if you understand it, because <laughs> it will sort of be. But then, it, see, I I don't know if, if it's different like say if we watched like a Boston movie like Gone Baby Gone or The Fighter or even movies in America in general we're like that we still understand that yeah that's what I mean like, I feel like because this film is just so Irish though yeah like it's very it's so it's such like an urban like Dublin kind of film yeah that like it'd be weird if someone else saw it it's different when we, I think I think because American films are so like universal nearly yeah like anyone could watch them but with this film it's like it works very well if you're from Ireland you're from Dublin but if you're like someone else watching outside of it yeah it's one and also it was made later than I thought it's out in 2003 yeah this means this is the second Colin Farrell movie you made me watch because I lost my Miami Vice yeah and, which means there's only two years between them look at look at like what he did yeah because look at the glow up did this come out the same year as Troy uh yes I think so yeah okay. yeah because Troy came out in 2003 yeah then oh god but Colin Farrell is really good. Kelly Murphy is really good. Like the performances, everyone's firing on all cylinders. The script, which is probably one of the strongest things, was written by Mark O'Rao. Mark O'Rao, O'Rao, yeah. Who hasn't really done much. He's more of a theater writer and director. Oh, is he? Yeah. But he's he did a few films. He did a film called Boy A. Perry's Bounty. And Perry's Bounty. I love that movie. Uh, Boy A, I'd really recommend seeing. It's got Andrew Garfield in one of his very first performances. <sighs> and he's really freaking good. Is this one where he's a clone? No. Uh, no, that's a different movie. Is he's, he's a what? A clone. No, no. This is a film where he basically he's someone getting out of prison after murdering someone. Oh. Yeah, like it's a it's a very like it's a dark film. Let's check that out. Yeah. So intermission. Definitely worth fifty cent, maybe even one euro to one fifty, hmm. for what that's worth. Would you like to tell me what you're giving me now for next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay it on me. Okay, so you have it's actually really acclaimed. It's uh one. It's won awards. Just it, just hit me with it. Saved the last dance. What's that? So saved the last. <laughs> it's from two thousand and one. 
<laughs> Just give it a Google. Have a little, have a little gleam on it. Save the save the. Oh, it's one of these. It, is uh, this is this the same film where? By saying won awards, did you mean the fact that it's won MTV Movie Awards? It won MTV's Best Kiss. Oh, oh. It has uh, Julia Stiles, Sean Patrick Thomas, Kerry Washington. Yeah, it's about a dancing competition, I believe. Oh. It's... Yeah. It's... I mean... Okay. Do you know what? It's, it's funny, because I feel like this would be a similar thing with me, me smoking aces and the fact that, like... It's just something I've never really seen before. I also quite enjoy dance films because I am a ma- I like dancing. I am damn ma- it. <laughs> I am a massive fan because I am a ma- like guilty pleasure for me is a step up franchise. Ah oh, damn it! I forgot like, about I, this. I, actually, I, I like this. I like all step up films, even though they're all shit. I really enjoy them. I'm trying to screw you over. I still haven't forgotten Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. People, <laughs> people don't forget. Well, I think I felt like since you were enjoying romantic films so much, I felt like I should give you another one. Oh, please don't be the one I think it is. Uh, well, how about you come and give it a guess? It's What Happens in Vegas? No. Oh, thank God. Um, it is the very, very reclaimed, the very um, well-known, the very, oh my God, how, why is he speaking like that, uh, romantic film, P.S. I Love You. Sorry, no. Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank. least genuinely one of my least favorite movies ever. I've never gotten further than fifteen minutes into it. Well, now you attempts. Now you need to watch the no. entire film with Irish Gerard Butler. You can't do an no. Irish accent. Is it like one of my least favorite movies that has anything to do with Ireland besides Leap Year? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so sorry for this, but also like you horrible man. The thing is, I think I'll, I'll, I think I'll let you off next week. But this week, I was like, you know what? I'm still not over Sex in the City too. Big challenge for both of us, okay? Yeah. For next week, considering that the week after is going to be us, so it's going to be sort of horror theme. Mm-hmm. We should try and find in the next seven days find the worst horror movie for the other person to watch. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh! I can get a good few then. Mm-hmm. I know, cause I I want to find a horror movie for you that's like not just like oh, it's just another kind of horror film. I want one that's truly terrible. I'm gonna venture into um uh O'Connell Street or whatever street C X is in, <laughs> and I'm going to scour the premises for the worst one. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we can wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today again, Liam. I, I, I'm not your guest. <laughs> it's every week. And, I mean, yeah, but like, I'm so happy that we can do this every week because I enjoy doing it. So I'm always thankful for you to come, to come down. And I'm uh, so um, insecure that I'm worried that I'll get cut <laughs> by next week. What do you mean? This is my podcast. Sorry, it's our podcast. Yay. It's your podcast. I, you're the silver screen and I'm the at the... <laughs> no, you're you're the um, you're at the and then I'm just the silver screen. <laughs> no, you can be you can, Scott. you can be at the silver and I can be your screen. Oh. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Uh, See you guys. next week.